Hey everybody, this is Adam, host of the Pretty Scary Podcast. As you've probably noticed, we're on a bit of a break right now for lots of reasons that mostly have to do with scheduling and huge undertakings at the network. We're in the midst of a rebrand right now, and unfortunately, this is one of the shows we've had the hardest time fitting into our currently insane schedule. But while we're remodeling, you have two ways to fill the pretty scary-shaped hole in your heart. For one thing, our spinoff pod, True Crime Sucks, is going strong. You can listen to it wherever podcasts are at. Or just click the link in the episode description of the show you're about to listen to right now. Also, we're going to start making some of our considerable back catalog of bonus episodes available free to the public for the first time ever like the episode you're about to listen to today. So, we hope to see you back here soon. Until then, enjoy this episode, listen to True Crime Sucks, and thanks. We love you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pretty Scary. Pretty Scary Boo. I'm Adam Todd Brown. I'm Carrie Martin. And we are your hosts. Carrie, how's it going? It's going pretty well, and I am excited for this episode. I am excited for this episode because I'm always excited to, to cover a Ghost Adventures episode, but this is a better episode than I expected. I did like it. And it, here's the other thing, and I know we'll get to it, but it's more current than I realized. Yes, it just happened during pandemic. Right. With the masks and them talking about Brody Stevens. And then it took me down a whole rabbit hole of Ghost Adventures which parlayed into ghost hunters. And I found the one that was about the Bartonville mental hospital. Oh, really? Yeah. And and, we're right outside of Peoria, Illinois. And um, that apparently uh, was the scariest place they had ever researched. On ghost adventures or ghost hunters? Ghost hunters. Oh, we should cover that. I've been to the Bartonville asylum. So have I. And looking back at it now, so stupid like that place is so scary it's very scary yeah if if we do cover that episode it's there's a father and daughter who bought it because they were going to renovate it and then try to do something with it and make a profit well yeah what is there to do with it except make it a mental hospital and profit that way well i think they were opening it up either for tours but like i want to say they opened it up for um like Halloween, but it was like so that haunted or there's so many things that happened that they did it one year and then I think they sold it. We got to go back, Carrie. It's calling us. <laughs> I mean, I could drive there. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to fly. I'd, it would yeah. take a little more arrangements of travel for me, but we can make it happen. Let's do a show there. <laughs> I would absolutely. And I, I mean, back in the day, it was abandoned. And it was like right after high school and I went with some high school friends and I don't think we stayed there long just because it was so creepy. So I don't know. Maybe we could do a live as far as recording. Could we do a live podcast on the grounds? Who's, who's going to stop us? I mean, probably the ghosts. Yeah, the ghosts or the police. Either yeah. one. <laughs> the ghost police. 
(laughs) (laughs) So on this episode, Zach and crew visited the comedy store, the world famous comedy store. Have you ever performed at the comedy store? Yes, uh, I performed, I don't know, five, six times. I remember it was big when I was new and I was so excited. And then I realized like, oh, the person who keeps booking me is asking me <laughs> to bring 10 plus friends and pay for their tickets in advance. And I just ended up losing money <laughs> every time I perform there. So a long answer, but yes, I have. I have not. I've recorded podcasts in their haunted basement, which we will definitely talk about. I don't think I've ever done a show at the comedy store, but I mean, I've I've performed some places, don't worry. But yeah, I've never done a show there. I've just recorded podcasts there. We were supposed to have a guest on this episode, John Shefsky, who has been on this pod before. We've been on one of his podcasts before, and he recorded that podcast in the basement of the comedy store. So he was supposed to be here to talk about all that, but ghosts. But he is now a ghost himself. Yeah, yeah. We don't know what happened to John Shefsky, but we hope he's okay. He's probably trapped at the comedy store much like the spirit of Brody Stevens appears to be. That was, well, let, let's just, <laughs> let, let's dive in. But but also, may I say, it is not too late to perform at the comedy store. You can either find 10, 10 friends or acquaintances to bring, which I hope I don't know that many people at 45 years old. Like, I like to keep my circle tight, and I guarantee my friends are much like myself where they don't want to go out past 7 p.m., Right. Uh, but if you do, you you could perform there or they have the potluck, which is actually supposed to be a lot of fun, which I believe is their like Monday night open mic. And it goes for, much like Hooters oh. open mic. It's like an exorbitant number of hours, like seven or something. 11 to 11. <laughs> Pretty much. Two yes. minute sets. Yes. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go do an open mic at the comedy store or anywhere, really, to be Mm -hmm. honest. Not at this point in my life. But I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't have anything against the comedy store. I do. Like, I have a big grudge against comedy clubs in general. I think they're an antiquated thing that should probably be burned down and rebooted in some capacity. But that's neither here nor there. We're here to talk about (laughs) ghosts. I agree. The thing that is alleged to make the comedy store so haunted is the fact that it wasn't a comedy club when it started. It was initially started in 1940 by Bugsy Siegel, and it was called Ciro's Nightclub. And the claim is that there are bodies buried in the basement of this place, which probably, like, I I don't see why there wouldn't be. If it was a gangster-owned nightclub in the 1940s, like, if they built it, of course there's going to be some bodies down there. I mean, there's a lot of things that they end up talking about complete with botched abortions and people dying and uh, peoples where people, you know, would come up the stairs and get shot. I mean, there's just a lot going on. There definitely were murders in that building, which if you think about it, seems like such a juxtaposition. And my man Zach talks about how it's crazy that this was once something, you know, that brought, you know, fear and you know a lot of like negative emotions and now it's used for comedy although it is very dark and i and again not that i have anything against the comedy store but it is i feel like it's heavier 
you know, I go to the Hollywood improv and I feel like it's just yeah. very light and it's very commercial, but the comedy store it's yeah. It just feels kind of dark and ominous sometimes. Yeah. It, it is a weird place. I, I remember I was there once to record a podcast and they were having an AA meeting and someone was like, man, a was it the AA meeting here yesterday? And I was like, I don't know that you understand what the second A in AA means <laughs> because you are not absolutely not supposed to tell me that. And you would probably be fired from the comedy store for telling me that. I will blank out her name just to save your job. In case you still work there, he was probably featured in this episode of television. It seems like a place where people work a long time thinking it's going to be their ticket into the comedy industry. And it's probably just more like your ticket into working at the comedy store for a few years. Yeah, I know that's kind of the trajectory, right? Like you get hired as a doorman and then the goal is that you get to get up and perform what as much as you want. Is that how they pay you? Do they have uh, child labor law? comedy labor laws no if we like one of the big moments in comedy store history is that time they barely mention it in this episode but there was a point in the 80s where comedians were actually trying to make that a thing where they you know got paid for work and kind of wanted to form a union of some sort and of course all the comedians who were doing really well at the time we're like, hey, stop rocking the boat. And that is like Seinfeld and all these really big 80s comedians. And they they kind of shut that down. And at one point, a comedian named Steve Lubetkin jumped off the roof of the hotel next to the comedy store and landed in the parking lot of the comedy store. And his suicide note was all about how he had been trying to lead this movement to make things better for comedians and no one fucking backed him up and to this day comedy is still a thing where you're lucky to get paid and when you do get paid it's still usually not worth your time like i don't know if people realize what going out for a night in la entails but you got to pay for parking there's if you want to eat or drink, it's going to be insanely expensive. And as a stand-up comedian, even at the level where you're doing the comedy store, you're going to be lucky to get like 25 bucks for your show. And it's not like New York where you can do three and four shows a night because public transportation is so great. You One show a night, maybe two in L.A. if you're lucky. So it's expensive. Yeah. And I felt like, especially the comedy stores, they had such a revolving door. I used to say it was kind of like a puppy mill for comics. I mean, you're still going. A lot of times you're waiting for a long time to get up and perform for a few minutes. And if you eat or drink, it's not like anything is comped. No. You know, I remember doing a show and it had some decent names in it. You know, again, I was new. It was a bringer show. Um, and I remember being back in the green room and Nico Santos from Superstore. Oh, with is America it, Ferrara? Is it? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Mateo from Superstore. Don't tell me anything yeah. bad about him, please. No, I have nothing bad to say. Okay, he was good. awesome. But I remember we were in the back and they had a bowl of like carrots out for us. And I was like, wait, this is it? And he was like, <laughs> oh my God, I was fed better when I was in poverty in the Philippines. <laughs> this, this is crazy. That's insane. And it's like, okay, that's fine. If I get carrots, like I'm nobody. 
they had uh the headliner was uh Leslie, uh the guy from Will and Grace, the little the little gay guy, white hair, who's in Snow Patrol. Oh, yeah. Leslie Jordan. Yeah, I don't I have no idea. Right. But Did I mean, he, he only like got carrots too? We all only got <laughs> carrots. <laughs> Again, that's one thing if I get carrots, I deserved carrots. Like I was a carrot performer at the time, but like they did it. And it's worth noting the comedy store has a restaurant attached to it, right? Yeah. So they could have given you more than carrots, I would assume. But I, I mean, I've done the improv and gotten nothing. I don't know if I even, is there even a green room? Like anytime I've done the improv, everyone's just out in that bar area until it's time to go up. Yeah, I don't think there is. I only did it one time, but I was hosting and I just kind of hung out uh, by the DJ. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? But who knows? you're right. The comedy store does have a, a sort of different vibe. And I've actually never been to the Laugh Factory, I don't think. Like not even to watch a show. It just strikes me as too hard to get to. I don't like I can't picture where it is in my head. So it doesn't exist. Basically. It is literally like one or two blocks down the street from the comedy store. Okay. Well, that's too far down the street <laughs> from the comedy store for my mind to wander. My spirit is trapped at the comedy store and it cannot go to the Laugh Factory, unfortunately. Hey, let's talk about Zach Bagans and ghosts. Mm-hmm. I did not realize when I agreed to do this episode that it was going to feature Jay Moore so prominent. Lee. It's like, that's my ghost. Now I'm being haunted. It's a haunting within the haunting where I'm being haunted by seeing Jay Moore, a man who I, here's the thing. I wrote a joke on a Saturday. I went and performed it at an open mic on a Saturday in LA. And then somehow Jay Moore told that same joke on the radio in LA the following Wednesday. I don't know how it happened. I don't know how it happened. (laughs) But I tweeted at him at the time, and he did not reply. And then a few years later, someone tweeted at him about it. And then he replied, but then stopped replying when I replied. What was his reply? Like, he tweeted a picture of me wearing a luchador mask on stage and was like, oh, I stole a joke from this guy. And it's like, what the (laughs) fuck does that even mean? Like, what kind of response is that? Yes, you did. Next question. And here's the thing. I don't think he stole it, but I think someone took it from me and sold it to him. Right. And I'm sure that happened. But I'll be honest, just picturing that tweet is making me laugh. I hate that it's at your expense. I mean, it's a good picture of me. But it is a funny visual. It's a good picture of me. I'm on stage. There was a fucking luchador mask backstage. And I was like, how am I not going to put that on when I go out? <laughs> so, so Jay Moore is your nemesis. Well, we both have Jay Moore stories. Yes. Mine was very anticlimactic. <laughs> we, we became MySpace friends. He was staying somewhere near where I lived. And he invited me to go to his show. And I literally stalking him to the point where my friend was like, did we, we just suck his dick already. (laughs) This is so annoying. You keep getting up like every five minutes to go and find him. And then at the end of the show, he essentially uh, introduced me to Nikki Cox, which they were married. So I don't know. I think in my head, I thought maybe we had fallen in (laughs) love. I mean, I did make him part of my top eight. Oh, I mean, that's, that's, not, that's a big step back then. Right, exactly. But it didn't seal the deal. So no. that, that's my story. It's crazy that that didn't take. Hey, you want to be like me? Make podcasts that everyone loves? Yeah, you do. But chances are, 
you don't want to spend a bunch of money doing it. No worries. A solution exists. Spotify's got a platform that lets you make podcasts super easy, then distribute those podcasts everywhere, and you can even earn money doing it. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Also, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. I'm speaking from experience when I say that all those additional features like video podcasts, Q&As, polls, those are things you won't find for cheap elsewhere. But with Spotify for Podcasters, it's all totally free, no catch. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com podcasters to get started. Thanks. We love you. So did anyone ever get you a cameo of Jay Moore? Yes, I believe that was you, Carrie Martin, who got me mm. a cameo from Jay Moore for my birthday one year. No, it was for Father's Day. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> but I guarantee you the only Father's Day gift I received. And it was a cameo from Jay Moore. He said, I hear you like my mannequin joke quite a bit. I barely tell it anymore. And I said, good, because I still tell it all the time. No, I don't. I don't do comedy that much anymore but i never stopped telling that joke <laughs> or hating jay moore or hating jay moore so much there's if you want a really fun jay moore joke stealing story in that big retrospective of snl that came out like the 25 year anniversary book or something like that there's a story from cash cab host ben bailey about how he walked upstairs at a comedy club in new york once and just locked eyes with jay moore while jay moore was doing one of his jokes and it was a club where you had to walk up the stairs and he said he waited in the stairway for jay moore to come down and when they came down, he pushes Jay Moore against the wall. Because Ben Bailey, if you've seen him, is a giant man. And he pushes Jay Moore against the wall. Jay Moore reaches in his pocket and pulls out $400, gives it to Ben Bailey and says, don't tell anyone. Ben Bailey said, I took the money and said, I'm telling everyone. <laughs> I love that story so much. I feel like Jay Moore's the kind of person who, which, by the way, I'm surprised he ever had $400 in his wallet. Like, yeah, that ever, surprised that, me too. That's a lot. Maybe during the Bob Sugar years, but like <laughs> it very much was a quick peek into dissension. I feel like he would have, you know, that keychain, which is a cat, but then it's just, it's just really like you put your knuckles through it and it turns into brass knuckles. Oh, and sure. Yeah. The cat ears are point. I feel like that's what he would pull out of his pocket. What if he murdered Ben Bailey? That's <laughs> that's all we know of Jay Moore, because in the 90s, he murdered Ben Bailey in a stairway over a stolen joke. See, I just I don't feel like he has that kind of guy. I feel like he would like slash at somebody and run and scream definitely scream or pray which <laughs> he does bring up how religious he is on this episode so yeah jay moore's in this a bunch i hope a ghost follows him home that's you know all i really have to say about the jay moore so he has his son there and i wasn't sure if he just couldn't find a sitter yeah that was a weird choice i didn't 
Maybe he just had him for the weekend. Probably, I'm almost certainly just had him for the weekend. <laughs> right. Right. But there is one point where Zach goes, oh, Jay Moore is provoking the ghost. And Jay Moore is in the corner like, but I'm at a comedy show. That's what you do. You hackle people. And it's like, what? What? Are you talking about? You provoke the ghosts at a comedy club. Yeah, I like how Zach walks into the comedy store and comments on how different it feels and how this isn't like the usual comedy comedy club experience. And everyone's like, yeah, it's got to be the ghosts. And I'm like, are you sure it's not just because it's completely empty during the day? That's going to make a comedy club feel different than what you're used to walking in. I mean, granted, it does have, like you said, a different sort of vibe, but I don't know. I don't know. I bet walking into Flappers midday when nothing's going on is weird, too. Walking into Flappers... I was going to say, you walk into Flappers Saturday at 9 p.m. Same number of people. Flappers is haunted by comedians who are still alive. What's weird about that place? So Jay Moore was saying that he had a scare. He said he's had several scary experiences with ghosts there, but one stuck out to him, Adam. His ghost story is basically that he was about four minutes into his set and no one was laughing. And we actually have a term for that in the industry. It's called bombing. And it just means your set is not going good and that people don't like your jokes. And then he said, he just yelled, get out of here, ghosts. And everyone started laughing. And that's what got him a standing O. Yep. Got, that's that's the show that changed everything. Things were one way. Then Jay Moore said, get out of here, ghosts. And things were a different way. And he seems completely shaken by this memory and it's like calm down ass face Ugh. He <laughs> but also, he also talks but, about sam kinnison yeah he talks about sam kinnison being picked up off the ground on stage at one point at the comedy store which i feel like that's a story we would have heard from someone other than jay moore this long after sam kinnison died but maybe not maybe it just you know didn't happen and that's why we've never heard about it i mean sam kinnison levitating is a story that's a powerful ghost for damn right. sure right and it does seem i mean i feel like there's so many weird things that have happened to the comedy store specifically over the years that possibly it's just like you know something small to other people who saw it that got tucked away i mean if that's true it's interesting for sure i don't know i guess i could see it happen but you're right i feel like the comedy store definitely loves telling stories and folklore etc so I'm surprised that story hadn't come out before. Yeah, it, it's it's weird that it's unique to Jay Moore. Also, in regards to Jay Moore, pull your fucking mask up over your face. He's one of those people who is wearing, not even pulled up over his mouth. It's pulled up over his chin. You don't breathe out of your chin. Just take it off if you're going to just wear it over your chin. We can hear you lie about your experiences at the comedy store through your mask, you fucking fuck. Pull your mask oh, up. I will say, I don't know that Zach Beggins ever pulled his down. No, Zach, Zach and the kid both have their masks on like responsible adults. And you got to realize Zach Beggins, because he was blinded by a goat ghost demon, uh, has to wear glasses. But I will say, unless he uses that like uh, fog spray, I, I didn't notice that they fogged up. That's true. I, I did like that Jeff Ross showed up to roast Zach. And he mentions the glasses at one point. And he goes, look how big those are. No wonder you think you're seeing ghosts. <laughs> he is so funny. And I, I, God, there was Bumping Mics, which was on Netflix. And it was uh, Dave Ross 
and wait, is that right? No, Dave Attell and Jeff Ross. Yeah. And it was so just laugh out loud funny. Like they are great, but it was so funny that all of a sudden they lock Zach in the room <laughs> with with uh with Jeff Ross and he's like, oh no. And all of a sudden it turns into <laughs> like all about Baggins, which yeah. would be an awesome show that I would watch, by the way. But all oh, of a sudden yeah. he was like, oh no, how do I get out of here? Oh God, the roast master general. I whoo. Yeah, I, he's he's really <laughs> playing up a thing that I'm sure he knew was gonna happen. There's well, of of course, but that's when they get into the whole talk about Brody Stevens. Yeah, and that's Actually, well, first they talk about the Steve Lubetkin thing briefly, which that's what the comedy store is really haunted by, is oppressive work conditions. And also Brody Stevens, as it turns out. At one point, Jeff Ross is mentioning Brody Stevens, who is a comedian who very sadly passed away by suicide. Uh, was that 2020? Was it It was, was it during the it pandemic? I thought it was 2019. I thought it was before the pandemic. Was it pre-pandemic? Yeah, it was very recently, though. It was very sad. He was a very, very extremely well-liked figure in LA comedy. And <laughs> he was a very well-liked comedian who actually yelled at me once well i mean he yells at every he yelled at everyone like that was half of his shtick but what did he yell at you about <laughs> i almost feel bad telling the story because i will admit <laughs> i can admit when i did something wrong um so he was in the middle of a set and i i know he was um on and off different medications and um i also think he had just like broken his foot so he had like a cane or something and we were doing kind of like a bar show and it was right across from the Chateau Marmont, also right across from the Laugh Factory, if you know where that's at. And I don't know, he was just agitated. He was in an agitated state and people were kind of laughing at the beginning because, again, they thought it was part of his act. And I was back by the bar just like watching him unravel. And essentially, he's just like, I sold out the Laugh Factory last night and like now I'm basically performing for you losers and, you know, there's like 20 of us. And so I remember thinking like, oh, what if this ends up being like a Michael Richards thing, you know, or just like something that could go viral. So I end up starting to record it. And mm. all of a sudden he was yelling at somebody like on a couch that was like 20 feet in front of me. And all of a sudden he looked up and we locked eyes and he just like came over and was like, you better fucking delete that. And I was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> And he goes, I see the red record button. I was like, oh, what? Oh, I didn't know. Oh, sorry. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it was terrifying. That's always when you know a comic's having a really good set, when they start worrying that people are filming in the audience. That happened. We had Damon Wayans back when Unpopular Opinion was just a live show, a live stand-up show at Westside Comedy Theater. We had Damon Wayans on once, and... It seemed like his body was frozen in like 1988, and then he woke up in 2014 and immediately came to a stage to tell his jokes from the 80s, which were so homophobic and terrible. And to his credit, he came back two weeks later and fucking murdered. But during this set, he sees someone taking pictures and it was just an employee taking pictures for the website. And he goes, oh, are you filming me? You're trying to end my career? And it probably would have if they if they got out there yeah. that and put it out. It was bad times. But yeah, Brody Stevens plays a big, big role in this 
episode of television. Oh, by the way, did you delete the video or can we see it? I mean, what's he going to no, do now? I imme- like, I would have swallowed the phone if I could. I'm so scared. <laughs> <laughs> and the bartender is like, don't worry, I'll make sure nothing happens to you. And I was like, oh my God, is someone going to walk me to my car? Yeah, that's a fun scared thing of this to man hear. with a cane. Um, <laughs> No, I immediately deleted it. And trust me, I've had many people over the years ask for it. And I, even after I deleted it, I was like, I wonder if there's any way to pull it up. But I, I'm, I'm glad for how I beloved he was. And honestly, I think it was a moment of like psychosis or yeah, something along those lines. Like it didn't need to be aired. So no, I, it's somewhere uh, alongside that phone call with Aphrodite Jones. Yeah, I I had a a moment like that with a comedian who like went on to be a writer for SNL. I think he might still be really nice guy, really good comedian. And he just I had to follow him after he had just the darkest like 10 minute meltdown on stage. And I don't know why he kept going, but he kept going through his entire set. And it was so fucking dark. And then I had to go out there and be like, hey, everybody, welcome back to the comedy show. It happens. Comedy is dark. Comedy is a dark industry, especially in L.A. I am a big proponent of if you're bombing, like I'll be the first one to pull myself off. Yeah. Like this just isn't going well. And I mean, there's definitely been times where, (laughs) you know, it's at a bar show or something. And, you know, the host thought they had 10 minutes and like two minutes later, someone's trying to find them. As they're outside smoking a cigarette in the parking lot, like, got to get back on. Carrie's already wrapping up. Yeah, it happens. So what happens first with Brody Stevens, Jeff Ross is there doing his roast, and then he starts talking about Brody Stevens and how much he performed there. And he mentions that he killed himself. And when he says that, the lights that surround the front of the Comedy Store main stage flicker a little bit. Which is, it's weird. So everyone immediately jumps to the conclusion that that was uh, the spirit of Brody Stevens, which, I mean, prove otherwise, skeptics. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I, I'm assuming they're not doing that for, I don't know, dramatic effect. Yeah, I mean, you, I, would, it, you gotta, I mean, you just have to hope none of this is faked, honestly. Right. Like, yeah. One of my favorite parts was when, was it Billy got up and started <laughs> telling ghost jokes? Oh, uh, yeah, Aaron. Gets up oh, Aaron. and tells ghost jokes. Yeah, that part is pretty creepy, actually. <laughs> exactly it, which part of that? Well, I mean, the, the joke was terrible. But when that that part where he does that, they play a recording and it sounds like there's people laughing. It sounds like a woman. Background. Yeah, it's is not, hysterically laughing. Yeah, it's very, very weird. But also, uh, Jeff Ross, pull your fucking mask up over your nose. <laughs> what is it with comedians? Come on. <laughs> Yeah, Jeff Ross, they take a picture of Zach downstairs when the roast was happening. And Zach is like enveloped by a jizz ghost, which is what I've I've come to affectionately call those like white plasma ghosts that appear in pictures sometimes. Mm -hmm. And Jeff Ross is so turned on by this. He wants to go back downstairs and investigate some more. But nothing really comes of it. He just goes down there and is like, yeah, man, if this is if I was a ghost, this is the room I'd hide out in. So outside of being called a jizz ghost, is the mm-hmm. other more technical term an orb? Uh, I think it might be. <laughs> why why would you why are you asking me? How would I know? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's fine. Okay, thank you. So now it's time for the investigation to start. 
This is where they finally, because all of this was just build up to them spending the night in the comedy store. And it actually goes better than I expected. This episode does get kind of creepy. It's headlined by Brody Stevens, which is a good choice, as it turns out. Uh, he closes the show. And they they start in the basement. Zach is asking some questions. And they hear a door rattle. And they, they, they go in the room with the SLS camera looking for the dance and stick ghosts. You know the ones, right, Carrie? Yes. And they don't find any, but not at first. They had, up to this episode, been making a big deal out of whenever they felt a draft in the room. And then they realized there's been an air conditioner on the whole time. And it just says, debunked on the screen <laughs> in big red letters. Which, I don't know if I would have been that freaked out by some, some breezes and drafts in a building that's been since the 40s. Or was built in the 40s. I don't know why I said it that way. That was weird. Probably ghosts. Probably the comedy store ghosts. I thought that they had the uh, the historian, the comedy store historian, and they were asking him questions about the background and stuff. And I thought he also said that he felt drafts and it wasn't the air conditioning. And then like the hair on his arms were standing up. Yeah, but I don't know. That could have just been him reacting to the situation he was in. Like, I'm sure he's noticed drafts and cold in there before, but maybe not. I mean, maybe I know cold is associated with ghosts. So I don't know. I did find it funny that they at least debunked some of that because there was just an air conditioner on. You know, I thought the other thing that was interesting that I don't remember them ever mentioning was that Mitzi Shore was the, you know, it was closed after Ciro's for 15 years. And then Mitzi Shore famously Polly Shore's mother owned and ran it until I think her death, which was two or three years ago. Yeah, that doesn't get mentioned at all. No, this. and they don't try to conjure up her ghost. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What if Polly Shore showed up? Where's Polly Shore in this episode? I would love if they had an Encino Man ghost mm, and ghosts from all of his films. <laughs> Every single one. Every single five? <laughs> I have heard Pauly Shore is a very good stand-up, though, still. Well, good. That's awesome. Yeah. Good for him. I mean, I'm never going to go to the comedy store to see him, but it's fine. But yeah, so good for him. Yeah. So they do finally find a dance and stick ghost, my favorite kind of ghost. They always look so happy, even if it's in the most evil place on Earth. When you find a, a, a stick ghost with the SLS camera, it's always like dancing a little jig. It's yes. very cute. Very, very cute. It'll jump on someone's shoulders and it's still <laughs> doing the little steps. Mm -hmm. Fun, fun ghosts. I mm -hmm. would, if like, if I had that SLS camera, I would just like keep it on all the time. I don't know why, if you had any of these, like if you buy a ghost hunting machine of some sort, isn't the first thing you're going to do just turn it on in your own home? Or would you never turn it on in your own home? That's a great question. I don't think I would want to know. Although I will say that I want to start either in LeClaire or just at the winery I work at in LeClaire, like a ghost and wine tour like they have in, I'm sure many places, but I did one in Savannah that I thought was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and I know LeClaire has a lot of 
history. Um, so I thought that would be fun. And then we, I actually had a customer the other day who said that she's a big history buff and Davenport for a while was actually called like the most evil city in the world back in the day Jeez, because they had a ton of mobsters going back and forth between Davenport and Chicago. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know who you should have on as your first guest if you do a show like that? The, yeah. go- the ghost of Frank Fritz. Okay. From American Pickers. He's still alive, but uh, mm. he's not on the show anymore. So we're only assuming he's still alive. I have watched half of an episode as research before I interviewed LeClaire uh, as my gateway. And I have to say, Frank was likable. I love that show. I have seen most episodes of American Pickers. It's one of like three or four shows that I'll turn on in the background while I'm working because you don't really have to watch them. The Holy Trinity is American Pickers, Pawn Stars, and Impractical Jokers. Those are all just background shows for me when I don't want to listen to music, when I need some visual stimulation in my Mm -hmm. field of vision while I'm working. American Pickers is is one of the shows. I love it. And I've heard the other guy, Mike, is a huge asshole. And it always bums me out. Because he reminds me of my friend Doug, who is very nice. But it's like, he's like Doug's evil doppelganger. (laughs) Which is fascinating to me. It makes me want to meet him more. Yeah, I don't know how often, because we do get a lot of tourists. And a lot of them do like to go up to see the American Pickers. Like, I have no idea if Mike's ever there my guess is no but i know there's been sightings of him yeah i'm Uh, I'm sure he shows up sometimes (laughs) from time to time yeah signs a few autographs and that's his gig that's his bag baby i bet they film all of those episodes at the shop at like four o'clock in the morning when the sun is just coming up in the summer so he can get in and out of town without being recognized probably gets right back on the river I bet he comes and goes via the river. The river boat? The twilight? No, the river car. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I will say, LeClaire is a very sleepy town. No. And there there are, uh, I would say, most local businesses are open for... A maximum of like seven hours a day, like, and sometimes, oh. and then they'll be like, "Oh, I'm open like four days a week," or you know, it's just in sometimes it's weather dependent. Like, <laughs> that is the best city in the world to work in if you want a low stress job. Well, I'm excited to come there and hunt ghosts. Let's do it at Antique Archaeology sometime, mm-hmm. preferably when Mike, Frank, and Danny Diesel are all present. Anyway, back to the comedy store. They they finally catch that dance and stick ghost that I've been waiting for. Comes out when Billy breaks out the Polter Pod. What's your favorite brand of Polter Pod? You got one? You bought one? Uh, <laughs> the the equipment would be Kodak. <laughs> oh, sure, sure, sure. Okay. Yeah, the, the, this Polter Pod thing looks like like if you found it in your backyard, you would assume opening it would open a portal of some sort. It has writing that looks like it's not real on it, but I think it's just Roman numerals now that I'm picturing it in my head. But it looks like a cipher. It looks like a cipher. One of those, you know, a cipher thing you pick up all puzzly and shit. You got mm-hmm. puzzle your way out of it, but it's not. It's a thing that captures ghosts. And it's for some reason only dawning on me at this point in covering this show. All of these machines do the same thing. 
And didn't they have those machines in the critically acclaimed movie Ghostbusters? Oh, did they have a polter pod? I don't know. Did they have something that like captured the ghost? Well, that was like a a little contraption they built that just like literally trapped ghosts in a box. And then they would. Yeah, like, the first polter pod. Shoot them into the Hudson River or something. That's why it's so polluted today. <laughs> yeah, they, they ask a ghost to appear and a voice says hello. And it's like, cool. Yes. And go on. <laughs> but it doesn't doesn't do anything else very improv yes and with the ghost yeah there were a couple of times when they were asking questions and um and i and again i I, this might have been to birdie stevens but they were like like what do you want to say or something or what are you thinking of and it just said memories yeah that part i have it later in the notes but yeah that's where the episode gets really it almost gets kind of heavy but that's what these machines do. They just like all are in some way or another capture words. And before we get to that part, there's some interesting revelations about the belly room. I don't think I knew it was called the belly room because abortions used to be performed there. Yeah, I don't know that I knew that that was why. And it seems like since America is in the throes of changing names, <laughs> that could be <laughs> offensive. Maybe that's when they should put on the docket. Yeah, that does make sense. Also, they're in the belly room, and apparently Bobby Lee claims he saw a bunch of people in hoods performing a seance at the belly room once. Shouldn't he be on this episode? He should be on this episode. I'm sure he was. Was Bobby Lee too busy? Too busy. I doubt that. (laughs) He might have been. I feel like he does a lot of stuff. They got fucking Uh, Brody Stevens on this episode, and he's dead. Yeah. You can get Bobby uh, Lee. Yeah, I've actually heard that story before, too. And I don't remember where I've heard it, but I've heard it um, before, like, your notes in this episode. So Very creepy. The tri-field meter is going crazy in the belly room. And I don't think we need to explain to anyone what that means. Mm-hmm. It's, But it is weird. The, the, it's like an EMF thing. Like, people at home, picture it. Your ghost tools it's the one that they hold up and go oh look and it goes and there's like a needle and it's like picking up electrical presence and it's going nuts in this room but also it's a small room packed with lots of microphones and uh recording gear and things that could be doing like cross feedback through the air but it's weird either way weird enough that zach has to go literally lay down and take a nap for a minute i love (laughs) Jeff Ross kept mentioning that it looked like Zach Beggins shops at Hot Topic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he makes a big deal out of the hoodie that Zach is wearing, which mm-hmm. I would wear the shit out of that hoodie for one thing. <laughs> but it's just like a black zip up hoodie. But it looks like it has a like electrical tape on the sleeves. But like the kind that glows. Mm-hmm. It's very, very cool. Black electrical tape. But Zach has a Zach attack in the belly room. He's trying to deliver these lines and it's like he just forgets how to talk. And that's when he goes and lays down. And that's that's when the, the tri-field meter is going nuts. The stuff in the belly room was all weird. But all the really crazy stuff happens when they bring up Brody Stevens again. They go down to the main room where the thing with the lights happened and they set up some other device that just is supposed to light up when there's a ghost there. And before they even start, Billy just mentions Brody Stevens again, and that device just starts going nuts. And that is the part where Billy goes on stage and tells a joke. And in the 
audio recording, you can hear what sounds like a crowd laughing, like a fucking ghost crowd, which well, does that mean lots and lots of people have died at shows at the comedy store? <laughs> like, is this a scandal we don't know about? Are they trying to break this story? It might be. But one of the reasons uh, that Billy goes on stage is he's explaining how comedy works. And it's that you go up and you tell some jokes and then you bring the next person up. So that's what he was wanting to do was he was going to tell some jokes and then bring up Brody Stevens. Oh, yeah. Right. And Zach, for some reason, screams at Brody Stevens. That was rude. Yeah, that's Zach. There's another part where he's just berating the ghost of this woman who was alleged to have been beaten to death in the basement of the comedy store because she's not saying enough. That, that's Zach's gig, though. Like, he, he, he makes weird choices when it comes to what ghosts he screams at and gets aggressive mm-hmm. with. And Brody Stevens is one of them. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really know what his endgame was. And it seemed that uh, it was definitely it was. A, he, listen, he shot a shot. It was he, a choice. He did. And yeah, the part that was really weird in this moment in the episode when all the Brody Stevens stuff is happening That's when they pull out another one of the machines that says words and they ask how many spirits are here. And it just says memories, Mm -hmm. which when you consider all of the time Brody Stevens would have spent at the comedy store, which was probably mostly pleasant memories for him. I don't know. That word caught me off guard as a response. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting moment. In the episode. And then Zach says, Brody, is that you? And a shadow ghost comes charging at him. And in characteristic Ghost Adventures fashion, the episode just abruptly ends. And Zach, I think, was killed by that ghost. (laughs) But then he reappears. There are so many seasons. I think that was season 29 or 26. I think it's season 21 or 24. But yeah, there's there's a lot. There's a whole lot. And here's the thing. Someday. And you told me season 24, episode four for anyone who wants to watch. It is on Discovery Plus. I'm going to cover every episode of this show someday. (laughs) All of them. There's an audience out there for everything. Yeah, this this is an especially good episode. I was surprised by how it like it almost turns kind of poignant at the end with all the Brody Stevens stuff. Like I was ready to make jokes about him being stuck in hell because he's at the comedy store but he seems happy there like and why not both you know maybe that is hell mm-hmm. and he's happy there who knows one man's heaven another man's hell and if anything saying, i right? think it it also shows that maybe the comedy store uh, is known for hoarding was that not a very messy basement yeah it's always been kind of gross down there like mm-hmm. like they do have some hoarding issues most of that stuff looks like it could easily be chucked out into the streets of Los Angeles and mistaken for a homeless encampment, at which point the police will just come burn it down. And then problem solved. But <laughs> Well, you know what I did see in the basement there? The one time I was in the basement? Guess. A ghost? Better. Oh, okay. But an AA meeting? <laughs> I would also be the person that gets kicked out for not being anonymous, but no. <laughs> Uh, a mannequin. Oh, inexplicably no. a mannequin. And maybe uh, it's a prop for Jay. Like, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah. Now I'm ending this episode haunted again. <laughs> Bad memories. So, yeah, that, that that's kind of that's the end of the episode. It ends really quick, but it's a good episode. It is a good episode. Definitely worth watching. And I think 
maybe next time or sometime in the near future, we will talk about our almond water Peoria. And of course, there isn't like, I don't know, it's known for what? Uh, prostitution, brothels. Uh, it used to be called Hell, uh, Richard Pryor. Yeah, Richard uh, Pryor is from there. So most people have no chance of ever being the most famous person from Peoria anymore. And I think Sam Kinison too, right? Sam Kinison's from East Peoria, which not the same thing. Not Either way, thing. I just think it's so funny that like Peoria like isn't really known for anything. I mean, other than Richard Pryor and Sam Kinison, like they're known for like not great things. And then to add to it, we're going to cover uh, a very infamous mental hospital. That is. Yeah. Riddled with ghosts. The Bartonville Insane Asylum. Mm -hmm. Halloween destination when we're kids. Good times. So, yeah, until then, do we have anything to plug before we get out of here? I don't. I mean, I don't even really post on social media, so I don't, <laughs> I, don't I, I don't really have anything unless I have this ghost and wine tour, then you'll hear all about it. Um, you can get bonus episodes of Pretty Scary on patreon.com slash unpops or on popsnetwork.supercast.tech. But also this is a bonus episode, so you already know that. So never mind. I don't have anything <laughs> to plug. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Todd Brown. That's Todd with one D. And follow the show at Pretty Scary Boo on Twitter and Instagram. I have to give Carrie the login details for that. This is a long-running bit that me and Caitlin had where it took me about 18 months to do that. But I'll... I'll, I'll get them to carry quicker and we'll start using that again. And I think that's it. We can get out of here, right? I, I think we can. Carrie, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.